1: Hello Giants fans, welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and today we're going to be talking a lot about uh, Jason Garrett, about the New York Giants coaching staff, about uh, a lot of the changes going on in the nfc east and and here to help me uh, break all of that down is someone who is very very familiar with the work of of jason garrett that would be rj ochoa of sb nations dallas cowboys website blogging the boys rj thanks for coming on of course anytime uh congratulations
0: on having jason garrett
1: yeah, well, I'm I'm not quite sure you mean that, but we will <laughs> we we will get into that. You know, uh, as we record this, it's uh, it's Sunday morning, and, and and you and I were kind of kidding each other off air. We're sort of two lonely bachelors for the weekend. Our our wives are both away, and we're we're sort of uh, filling time here by by talking to each other
0: yeah I um I got to be honest if you know when my wife planned she had a retreat this weekend and when she told me I said you know if if I can get to talk to Ed it will be a good weekend uh you know that's that's the goal so i uh, I sit here having achieved that and uh, there's really nothing else
1: left for me to do hey there you go my my wife is off my wife is off visiting my my granddaughter and my son they live about four and a half five hours away from us and and I'm here because I get to dog sit
0: Good for you. See, I've got the dog too, so we're we're literally in the same boat. Uh, I think he's uh, he might be chewing on the carpet at this particular moment. So uh, if I have to order a new one on Amazon, it's it's because of this. But you know, we needed a new new dog.
1: You're ordering a new dog on Amazon.
0: You know that they have uh, that free two day shipping, (laughs) so we'll see what they can do.
1: Yeah, my 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 dog my dog is uh, is not my friend right now because my dog woke me up at quarter to four in the morning the other day. So so Mm. he and I are not on good terms right now goodness that is uh that's a rough life yeah but but anyway rj let's uh let's talk uh giants let's talk jason garrett i really don't think that that this was any big surprise in the end that the giants hired jason garrett um just you know your your initial thoughts first of all i suppose we should back up your initial thoughts on jason garrett a no longer being head coach of, of your dallas cowboys and then B on on being the offensive coordinator for the Giants.
0: Well, um, you know, I've been fortunate um through my career and you know, I know you've had a lot of similar opportunities. Uh, I've been fortunate to be around Jason Garrett uh, you know, at different times and I think it's important to note I I think I would be doing him a disservice if I didn't note at the top that he's an upstanding person and I know that uh, there are people who roll their eyes at that and they only care about football and on the field and whatnot. But the guy you see and you know, everybody sees the clapping thing and it's so old and tired and everybody sees the same answers and, and, and this robotic uh, you know, persona that he, he displays to the world. But, you know, behind all of that, he really is an incredibly charming and charismatic person. And, and when you experience that, you know, you are kind of, you know, you kind of, you know, you know, Pinterest obviously, is this real? Is this the same guy? And so he, there, there's a lot to like about him. And, uh, you know, I know we've spoken before here on your show, um, If I had to sort of characterize Jason Garrett's redeeming quality and and his quality that sort of transpired across his entire tenure, it's that his players truly... Loved him. And I know that that also sounds cliche and it sounds lame and nobody wants to hear that. But, um, you know, we've spoken at times, you know, the Cowboys up until this last season, um, they never lost the game where, you know, everything was going bad. You know, everything went wrong and, and, you know, they lost a really bad game or or this or that. You know, this you know drama, whatever happened off the field, they never responded to that by totally quitting. They always, 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 um, you know, fought back and won. And, and I think a recent example, everybody knows last season they lost there at MetLife to the Jets. And that was a long week. Uh, that was their third loss in a row after they had started off 3-0. And um, they came back and they beat the crap out of the Eagles, you know, the following Sunday. And that that's kind of who – Jason Garrett's Cowboys were, you know, when they got knocked down for a second, you know, you mentioned we're talking Sunday morning, the morning after uh, after the fight, um, you know, they weren't that cowboy, you know what I mean, that just got knocked down and left down. They always got up and always, you know, he loved to talk about scratching and clawing and fighting and whatnot. And they always did that. And um, I think ultimately that just kind of exhausted itself. I think we saw that finally end, you know, when they lost to the Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving. You know, that was one of those lows. And, OK, you know, they're going to they're going to bounce back. That's that's who Garrett's Cowboys are. They went out seven days later and they lost on the road to the Bears. And, you know, they they really for the first time in a decade had quit and I think it was just, you know, it was just time for a change. I think we've all experienced that. Um, th- there isn't a, a soul among the Cowboys who would speak ill of him. And and I think, you know, this is a weird way to talk about an ending in, in the sports, but he really did give it his all. He really tried very hard and it just, you know, it wasn't enough. And um, you, you mentioned that it was a little predictable that he would end up back with the Giants. I, I you know, I'm shocked it took this long, but you know, Jason Garrett, as much as he is a cowboy, he is a giant. He has spoken, uh, at, at many times about how playing for the giants and, and that organization really shaped him. He has spoken about having played there during September 11th and how living in New York at that time was very impactful on his life as, uh, as I'm sure is the case for many New Yorkers and, and many listeners of your podcast. Um, and, and so, you know, th- he's a very sentimental person I, I think is, is something else. And so the Giants hold a very special place in his heart so it made sense for him to return at some point and so as weird as it sounds I mean I think a lot of Cowboys fans are truly happy for him I, I think that you know he deserves like everyone does uh you know to find happiness and, and peace and joy and the Giants if it can't be the Cowboys I think are a team that can uh can ultimately help him get there
1: interesting RJ we're talking peace and happiness and joy here on the Valentine's Views podcast <laughs>
0: Sometimes that's what's necessary.
1: There you go. So, you know, I have looked at at the hire of the offensive coordinator, at the hire of Jason Garrett, and everybody wants to know, well, what kind of play caller is he and and, and, and this and that, and what kind of offensive system does he run? And, and I wrote at Big Blue View on Sunday morning that, for me, the kind of offense he runs and, and, and the play calling and all of that – is, is really just a small part of the job that I think the Giants are, are bringing him to New York to do. The Giants hired a 38-year-old, first-time NFL head coach, first-time head coach anywhere. And, and for me, I look at it like I think it's a lot of the other things that Jason Garrett brings to the table as to, as to why he could really be a benefit to this Giants staff.
0: No, I think that that's, um, that's extremely well said and extremely well put. Uh, you know, Jason Garrett, I'm sure as you'll quickly learn, uh, believes in finding the right kind of guys. That's, you know, that's his MO and, um, he, his, you know, people have said forever, Cowboys fans have said that he would make an incredible CEO of any business. I mean, and I truly believe that, um, he is an inordinate leader of men and, you know, I, I do think that's rare. I think that there's a lot of those in, in sports and in the game football, certainly. But Jason Garrett is, is very, very good at that. And I think that's why, you know, people don't quit on him. And so I think that 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 sort of pairing makes sense. And I think, you know, th- I think it takes a, a really humble person um, to do what Jason Garrett's doing, because I was thinking, how often do you see somebody who's been a head coach for almost a decade, you know, resort to being a coordinator? I, I hate to call that a resort. But the, the last one I was thinking about was Gary Kubiak. And uh, it, it's not rare or excuse me, it is very rare. And so I think that that certainly makes sense. And I know that, you know, and I say this uh, in all seriousness and, and no, no jive here. I know that the giants organization has experienced um, some struggles in the culture department in recent memory. And if there's any coach out there that that, that was available that can fix that, i absolutely unequivocally believe that it's jason garrett i I think he would have made sense to be the the head coach in washington uh you know because they're sort of you know way more in need of that than the giants are but i think for for a young and impressionable nucleus of players that the giants have i think that jason garrett is is kind of exactly what they need assuming joe judge you know is a fine and and you know uh capable head coach in his own right to your point
1: interesting rj you excuse me excuse me still getting over a little uh, a little cough here but uh, I look at Jason Garrett and another thing that I wrote at Big Blue View today is when we talk about the things that he can bring to New York I look at the Dallas Cowboys head coaching job and the way that I put it is for me it might be the most difficult job in the NFL simply because of the owner that you have and his his heavy involvement, his high profile, his incredibly high expectations, not to mention the the national profile of, you know, of the franchise, the the media and fan base expectations. And I look at that if you're bringing him in to to help a rookie head coach to to navigate sort of the, the waters of of New York, New Jersey, of, of this market, and, and of what it is to be a head coach, I don't know if you could have brought in a guy that had better preparation for that kind of a role.
0: I absolutely agree with that. Uh, it is not easy to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys and I do think that that job has become easier over the last decade. And I think, you know, it's certainly worth mentioning that, um, you know, Twitter and Instagram and, you know, the social world as we know it, heck, even SB Nation uh, was not the same place in 2011 uh, when Jason Garrett took over as it is today, you know, here in 2020. A lot of the world and, and the way information is consumed has changed very, very quickly in the time that Jason Garrett held that job. Job. And so, I, I mean, you know, I, I think that Jason Garrett, you know, over time wore down Jerry Jones. And, and that's a really bad way to put it. But I mean, to the point that he he had significant say in things, you know, everybody thinks that that job is, is just a puppet's job and whatever. And, and you know. Look again. It is very difficult, but I I do think that Jason Garrett trailblazed in a lot of ways for for the men that would follow him or women that would follow him, whatever um, that that would ultimately coach for the Dallas Cowboys because you know he he found I think he was. He was close enough to Jerry Jones uh, to be able to do things, to be able to push and to be able to prod and, and you know, get a say and whatever. And I think, you know, one of the biggest examples is, is one of the biggest moments in franchise history. I mean, Jason Garrett was critical. And I know this is a place the Giants are at, although maybe not as awkwardly uh, in the transition from Tony Roma to Dak Prescott. You know, that feels like so long ago. But Jason Garrett oversaw that and helped the team win 13 games in the process.
1: RJ I want to take a quick break here for a word from our SB Nation sponsors then I want to come back and talk a little bit about what Jason Garrett can do for Daniel Jones what kind of offense uh, we might we might see uh you know schematically and a little bit about uh, your Dallas Cowboys and Mike McCarthy That sounds good This episode is brought to
0: you by Shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot
1: All right, Giants fans, Ed Valentine back here on the Valentine's Views podcast, and we're talking with RJ Ochoa of SB Nation's Blogging the Boys about the the Giants' decision to bring former Dallas coach Jason Garrett on as offensive coordinator. RJ, obviously for the Giants, the big thing at this point for them really is the development of of Daniel Jones, second-year quarterback, and, and it's kind of interesting because the Giants said you know that Jones developed nicely as a rookie, that he had a good rookie year, and yet when you look at it, he will enter 2020 with an entirely new coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball, new head coach, new coordinator, new quarterbacks coach. Just your thoughts quickly on on what Jason Garrett can bring for Daniel Jones.
0: Well, I think that Jason Garrett has an absolute <laughs> strength at working with young quarterbacks specifically. Um, you know, Tony Romo emerged in 2006, coincidentally against the Giants, and, um, you know, took the Cowboys, helped get the Cowboys to the playoffs that season in the wildcard round, the Bible game that everybody remembers. And, but 2007 was Tony Romo's first full season as a starter. And, um, or, or I should not mention Jason Garrett's first, you know, year working with him. That was the year he joined the Cowboys staff. and. And, um, I mean the 2007 Cowboys uh, which I know is a a great subject for any Giants fan uh, you know set all sorts of franchise offensive records that was you know one of the most prolific offenses that the Dallas Cowboys organization has ever had and that was when you know a young Jason Garrett was regarded you know people forget but you know the way that Sean McVay kind of has been uh, the way that Kellen Moore has been and you know Dak Prescott's first year under Jason Garrett 2016 while individually he didn't necessarily you know set any you know incredible records or anything. He did, uh, you know, get things done in a different way. You know, he wasn't airing the ball out, you know, in high volumes. But I mean, he was an offensive weapon in a way that Dak Prescott is. And that was something that Jason Garrett oversaw. And so I think that he has, you know, an incredible ability to work with young quarterbacks. And um, you know, I, I think it's it's worth saying that people have have noted that Jason Garrett's biggest flaws generally have been game day execution in terms of being a head coach. And so I think when when those responsibilities are stripped away, when all he has to worry about is, is his department, where in this case it is the quarterback, I, I think that I, I would expect a lot of results. I mean, I really would. And I, I honestly believe that Daniel Jones is perhaps the most Jason Garrett quarterback that there is. So I, I do think
1: that's going to be a very interesting pairing. So you have to tell us a little bit more about why you about why you say that, about why you say that that Jones is a a Jason Garrett type quarterback. Well, first of all, I think uh, in
0: personality and in disposition, you know, I I mentioned that that Jason Garrett is very robotic uh, and, and, you know, to your point. Deal, you know, dealt with at least uh, a lot of criticism as the Dallas Cowboys head coach. And I think that being the quarterback of the New York Giants is a similar job, and I I think that Daniel Jones kind of has that same sort of personality, kind of just shows up, does his thing and uh, you know, is seemingly unfazed by, you know, anything. I mean, Daniel Jones dealt with more flack than any rookie quarterback in recent memory. And so I think that they mesh well in that regard, but I also think that you know, I I think that Jason Garrett did a great job coaching Dak Prescott, but I, I do think that he is is more comfortable just because you know he's an older principal based uh, sort of coach. I, I think he's more comfortable with with more uh, classic pocket quarterbacks, and I know Daniel Jones certainly has an ability to move around, but I just I think his traits and and his history and, and his his football life really you know vibe with Jason Garrett. I mean, you know, obviously Daniel Jones uh, you know uh, evolved under david cutcliffe and that's that's like a jason garrett thing i mean i i don't know um you know another way to put it. it's just kind of yeah you know, you're ever you ever cooking, you know what i mean and you're like you know i think uh, i think some paprika would go good here that's kind of how it feels you know it just feels like something that uh would would go great together
1: so it'll be interesting to watch so let's talk a little bit about jason garrett you know offensive play caller uh, offensive you know scheme designer his system "Quote unquote," and he hasn't been a play caller, I think, since 2012, at least full time. Is con- I guess is considered air Corps yell. It's considered more vertical than the sort of more horizontal, more quick throw based stuff that that we've seen from the Giants under both Ben McAdoo and Pat Shermer. Just tell us a little bit, you know, about what we might expect, you know, from a, from a Jason Garrett offense.
0: I think that that's well put. The Eric <laughs> Coyer offense uh, is without question a huge inspiration for how he uh, sees his football world, and I, you know I don't know that until recently when when the Cowboys acquired Amari Cooper and drafted Michael Gallup, I don't know that Jason Garrett ever had the proper. Um, toys. I mean, I think he always had quarterbacks that were capable of getting it done, but uh, you know, Jason Witten's capable of, of running vertically, how, you know, not in, incredibly far, but um, other than that, I mean, you know, the Cowboys dealt with, you know, they had T.O. You know, early on in Jason Garrett's offensive career with them, and, you know, kind of a bigger bodied receiver and, and a guy who can win across the middle, and then they had Dez Bryant who, uh, you know, patented kind of the back shoulder throw with Tony Romo, and that was the most vertical I think, you know, that Des ever got. He wasn't the this advanced route runner by any means, and so I certainly think that Sterling Shepard and, and you know Darius Slayton was was fascinating to watch, and Evan Ingram are tools and, and toys that Jason Garrett can use in those capacities. And I, I I think more than anything though, I think you should expect balance. And I think that Jason Garrett is you know very excited obviously to go from Zeke Elliott to Saquon Barkley. I think many would say that's an upgrade. Uh, however, I don't know that the Giants' offensive line is is ready to be what Jason Garrett needs. I mean, you know, Obviously, the Cowboys have had one of the better offensive lines in the NFL uh, over the last half decade, and I mean I, I, that that is an essential tool. I mean that that really is an essential piece to what Chase. I mean, you know, it's an essential piece to what anybody wants to do. But I mean, he truly wants to be as balanced as possible in, in attack, um, in in style, and so as vertical as he gets. He also wants to run the ball um, in in a way. I mean, he appreciates history, and I think that that bleeds over into how he you know, wants to literally play the game. And so I, I'm not trying to say that he's, you know, totally going to run the ball, but I mean, he's he's not going to be this air it out all the time guy. Um, so I, I think that there will be a lot of uh, a yin and yang.
1: That is actually one of the things that Joe Judge has talked about. One of the things that, that I've always admired about the New England Patriots is the idea that that they aren't married to one way of doing things, to one... To basically bringing the same game plan, the same scheme, the same, you know, the the same plan of attack week in and week out. That that things change, and you, Judge has talked about that a lot. Whether it's you know whether we have to run the ball a lot one week, whether we have to throw it another week, and I think that's you know that's something. It sounds like 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 Jason Garrett as a play caller. You know, might be flexible enough to uh, to do that.
0: Yeah, and I think he's evolved. Uh, you know, over time, I think he's become flexible, and I think he's uh, I think he's learned. I think he's grown and adapted like everybody does in life. And so, um, I, I think that there are core principles to his offensive philosophy, but I, I do think that he's capable of, of adjusting to to different times. I tell you what, I mean. I am very excited personally to see what he does with Evan Ingram, and I uh, have some Evan Ingram shares in some dynasty leagues, so it might be a little bit too personally invested, but I mean it's been a long time since Jason Garrett had a dynamic you know kind of playmaking tight end. I mean, no disrespect to Jason Wynn, but I, I think that that singular piece can be quite valuable for him.
1: It's interesting because I have said for years when the giants when the Giants drafted Evan Ingram. It was back in the Ben McAdoo era as as head coach. And McAdoo, at the, at the press conference when they drafted Evan Ingram, he said, you know, he said the shortest distance to the end zone is straight up the middle of the field. You know, the, <laughs> meaning, you know, run the seam route, get the tight end right up the middle of the field. And weirdly, McAdoo never used Ingram that way. Neither did Pat Shermer. As You take one of the speediest tight ends in football when he's healthy, one of the the biggest matchup nightmares in the league from the tight end position, and run him horizontally. And and I never understood that. It sounds like like you think that Garrett might look at Ingram and and, and try to get him up the field a little bit more often.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, And I think, (laughs) you know, Jason Garrett, uh, you know, to have Evan Ingram is one thing, but to have him with – you know, I mean, it, I think the Giants are in an interesting place overall with Daniel Jones. I mean, you know, and, and again, I mean, you know, I have a great respect for Eli Manning, but to have a quarterback who's who's capable of executing play action and being athletic and, and moving and, and adjusting and adapting. I, I think that I think it could be really fun. I think Daniel Jones and Evan Ingram in general could be fun uh, in 2020. But I think Jason Garrett might uh, might be the guy that's capable of kind of leaning into that.
1: Interesting, interesting. Well, we will see how all of that plays out. I know everybody's, uh, a lot of Giants fans are are sort of they're they're leery of Jason Garrett, and I think part of that is simply because they've been rooting against Jason Garrett and, and the Dallas sure. Cowboys for thirteen years now, and, and you know we've snickered at some of the decisions that he's made and all of that. So, but but as I tell people, they just have to let that go and and see how this plays out.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, there's no question that, uh, you know, Jason Garrett has a a very checkered past against this franchise as a coach. And I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, to look at Mike McCarthy being the Cowboys head coach now because, you know... I, I think in a lot of ways, you know, Mike McCarthy kind of helped get himself to this point outside of his, his dissolution from the Packers. I mean, it was Mike McCarthy's Packers that, uh, you know, dealt the final loss to Wade Phillips, you know, as the Cowboys head coach, it was after losing 45 to seven of them that the Cowboys fired Wade and, and promoted Garrett. And then he ultimately got the job. And then Jason Garrett's first win actually came on the road, uh, in, in his new home. I, although I think that was the old Meadowlands, um, and then, um, you know, it, it you know, Mike McCarthy's Packers beat the Cowboys twice in the playoffs and and challenged the catch, as as you know and remember so I think they're mystically aligned in that way but I also think Jason Garrett's been mystically aligned to the Giants I mean obviously I mentioned 2007 uh, you know one of the Cowboys worst losses in recent memory uh, was against the Giants and then you know four years later we've talked about this you and I the the loss at home at AT AT&T Stadium uh, the Jason Pierre-Paul blocked field goal and then a few weeks later on the road on, I think that was New Year's Day. Uh, I mean, you know, Jason Garrett has, has I think, a lot of, kind of like Mike McCarthy. I think the Giants have helped get Jason Garrett to themselves by beating him so often. And um, it's, it's always interesting when people stay in house like they're in division. I, I'm excited or interested to see uh, what potential assistance Jason Garrett could take with him.
1: Yeah, that'll be interesting. And I suppose since you mentioned it, the one that I I think you and I talked about a little bit offline uh recently. Let me ask you about Mark Colombo, um, the mm. offensive line coach, because that's a position that that's a real key for the Giants at this point, one they haven't filled yet. Um and, and uh, let me let me ask you about Bill Callahan as well, since that's the other name that that keeps coming up. The question with Callahan that I have is is you know what is your thought really on the relationship between garrett and callahan because there's been some questions about that and i and also as i said your thoughts on on mark colombo if he actually emerges as a candidate
0: well, Mark Colombo uh, played for the Cowboys. For anybody that's unaware, and kind of grew up in that organization, and um, you know, joined the offensive staff, you know, in, on a lower level, and then as an assistant, and then in 2018, uh, when, when the Cowboys reached their bye week, the week they traded for Amari Cooper, they also fired Paul Alexander and promoted Mark Colombo, and instantly, you know, experienced a lot more success along the offensive line, and many people attributed this to. Um, you know, he was, he was so, you know, so little removed from having played himself. The players really liked Mark Colombo and and he just kind of did things their way. I don't mean that he was a pushover. He, he just identified more with them and and was able to kind of, uh, you know, speak the same language, you know, operate the same way, you know, march to the same beat. And so, uh, that's, that's been something, you know, that the, the Cowboys fans, I think, uh, have been, you know, really. Not bothered, but you know, really a little bit bummed to see Mike McCarthy not retain Mark Colombo. So I, I think that that is is a great way to start improving your offensive line if you're the Giants uh, to go out and get Mark Colombo. But uh, on the subject of that, it was Bill Callahan who kind of helped. Uh, Put together the final pieces for the Cowboys to build their offensive line as we currently know it Uh, He was the team's you know offensive line coach and offensive coordinator in 2014 uh, Was his final season with the team and that was Zach Martin's rookie year and obviously the year the Cowboys won the division and and beat the Lions in the playoffs Um, and you know that that season the play calling kind of transitioned from bill callahan to what was then the cowboys passing game coordinator scott linehan uh you have to go way back to when cowboys fans were were wanting scott linehan to have control um and i think that transition you know just kind of going from bill callahan to scott linehan in the middle of the season you know made for some awkwardness and and that's why i think it's it's interesting to see that he would want to be on a staff that that featured jason garrett let alone uh featured garrett in a role as his superior. But um, apparently that seems possible. And I, again, both those those gentlemen served as huge uh, you know, members of the Cowboys staff in orchestrating and putting together the offensive line as Cowboys fans currently know it. So I think, you know, netting either one would be a huge boost for the likes of Will Hernandez and, and whoever able to join him.
1: All right, RJ, last question for you. I would be remiss if if we didn't talk about about your Cowboys and and your new head coach. You mentioned Mike McCarthy. Just your thoughts on on McCarthy, you know, as he uh, as he takes the reins in Dallas. Were you you surprised by that hire? You like that hire? You hate that hire? Just, you know, what are your what are your feelings on that at this point?
0: You know, it was, um, I think the only thing that kind of caught people by surprise was how quickly it all materialized. Uh, you know, it was, uh, it was when the Eagles lost, which I think we can both appreciate during that game that, that word finally officially broke that the Cowboys would not be retaining Jason Garrett. And, you know, 15 hours later, you know, reports swirling that they were set to hire Mike McCarthy. And so, you know, I think everybody was just confused. I mean, you know. Jason Garrett, as I mentioned, was promoted from interim head coach to full time in 2010. So the last, you know, and, and that was really obvious. Everybody knew that he was going to get that job. But so the last true time the Cowboys conducted a coaching search was in 2007 when Bill Parcells retired and uh, they ultimately hired Wade Phillips. And so I think everybody was just kind of of the mindset, you know, this, this is the first time you're doing this in over a decade and you're not going to take your time. Uh, but the Cowboys really fell in love with Mike McCarthy. And I think there's a lot to like, you know, his uh, his PR tour he went on i think really helped and he, he said the word analytics a few times which perks in people's ears and i, I think that you know mike mccarthy's who the cowboys need um I, I think we would both agree that as a head coach he's you know at the very least some improvement over jason garrett i mean the guy's got a super bowl um and I mean you know Cowboys fans don't like to hear this, but the reality is Jason Garrett was almost enough. you know he, he really was. I mean three different times he was almost enough to get them to the NFC championship game, which is the, the weekend that, that we're speaking. And so theoretically, uh, if he was almost enough and you go get somebody who was at worst marginally better, I mean that should be enough. I, I think that the Cowboys have a, a very talented roster and they need uh, you know they need somebody who's been there who's done that to kind of bring them them together and get them over the hump and I, I do think Mike McCarthy could be that guy and I think this was an interesting coaching cycle and, and you have a new head coach as well obviously but um, I think the Giants went a different place in the Cowboys which is why Joe Judge made sense for them and I think the Cowboys um, you know they're on the, the third leg of the the relay race so they need a fourth guy to hand the baton off to as opposed to somebody to kind of start it off for them
1: that's an interesting way to put it RJ well we will see how it all works out Obviously, there's a new coach in Washington as well. So the, the NFC East uh, should, uh, should be an interesting place, as always, in 2020. And you and I, I'm sure, will talk again. So uh, thank you very much for, for joining me today.
0: Of course, uh, happy new year in 2020 to all of your listeners. I hope you all experience uh, health and success, uh, but I hope that your your draft class just aren't, aren't
1: great football players. That's, you know, that's all we really want for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> had oh, had to go there, didn't you, RJ? All you know, right. All. all right. Thank you for listening, Giants fans, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
0: More to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder.